Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo, Jesse, Megan, AJ here live after the first official day at the rink for the first time in quite a while. Uh, good to be back. Yep. I got a little cold near the end, as always, so I had to move up into the media room. My little tootsies were... No, I hated it. Being at the rink is the worst. Hockey's stupid. I was cold all day. None of those guys were any good. Everything sucked. Why Why were we there all day? Wait. No, it was great. It was so great. Honestly, I was really iffy on it, and then I sat down, and they started skating, and I was like, oh, this is what it's like to be home. It was perfect. And Jesse mentioned it to somebody else. Uh, but he was correct. The lack of pressure of, are they going to win a Stanley Cup this year? Are they going to be any good? Are they going to waste this this core? And instead, just being like, where's the Stanley Cup shit around the building? <laughs> How come there's nothing that say you wouldn't know this is an organization that just won a cup? Yeah. But also, amazing to be back in the locker room. How much have they upgraded that locker room at the practice facility? Wow. It's definitely got some fresh paint. Wow. Yeah. New carpet. Like, I was like, man, that is good for them. Continue to invest in FSC instead of building a new one. Good job. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. No, I mean, it, was, it, it was It was. nice being back in the room, man. Like, getting to go back in there and, and just talk to guys. And, um, like, it was, yeah, it was, it was nice. Like, there were two, three, four guys that I know we had all talked about wanting to make sure we chatted with and everyone got to have, you know, their own kind of versions of the conversation with them. And, um, no, it was fun. This, this felt, um, I don't even know if normal is the right word anymore. Cause like, I'm not even sure what is normal anymore, but it was fun. It was, it was nice to be able to, the guys start coming off the ice and to go down and just get back into that old routine that it used to be. Um, Dude. Danielle of, waved us over. Right. And it was like, how weird is this? Yeah. Cause it was just all of last year. Like there were, Oh man, dude, there was a couple of those days where again, you're already into kind of the dog days of the season and you're sitting up in that media room waiting for them to bring over whoever they're going to bring over. And you get the text from, yeah, whoever it is, Danielle or Brendan, you know, PR saying, the coaches actually pulled them into a meeting. Oh, they actually got pulled into video. Well, they're on the bike and you just, you have to sit there and kind of wait and you wait and you wait. And then you feel bad for the players because they just want to get out of there and go home. And now they got to come up. It just, it was so nice. Everyone got what they needed, you know, media and player. Everyone got what they needed and everyone got to bounce. The funniest thing. I, I walk into the locker room and you got done talking to Ben Myers and you turn around and you were like, there are way too many players in here right now. Well, <laughs> it, was just, it was so funny because like the NHL guys normally like those locker rooms, you have to like get in there quick because they know what's coming. They're trying to get undressed, get changed and get out of there before you can pin them down. Yep. But these rookie guys, like we walked in and there was someone at every single stall. I was like, because uh, like one of the one of the go to moves, especially when you're trying to get to know somebody better is you like wander over. You introduce yourself. You ask if you can sit down. You sit down in the stall next to them. 
-hmm. you chat them up, you know, whatever, like you talk to them. And you couldn't do that today because there was somebody sitting in every stall. Well, and, and like you also couldn't get very close because like they all had their bags because you know the the equipment yeah. uh, manager are collecting bags to get on the bus and all, so there's bags everywhere there's equipment everywhere <laughs> it was just I, I did forget it was a great reminder because like next week will be even crazier because they're having to use yeah. all of those locker rooms and they have to do makeshift stalls in the main room and, and so like it is just this good reminder that like camp <laughs> is just this kind of like chaotic frenzy of a shit ton of yeah. guys you won't deal with a ton, but, um, everyone's there and everyone's excited. Um, you know, already, already got some like really great quotes from some guys. Um, and then, yeah, Willsy, I don't know if we want to, we'll get into that. I'm sure at some point, but like he had yeah. some, um, some good stuff to add and, and, uh, yeah, man, like it, given where this team is at, given how many times we've had to have the conversation legitimately. And I was even talking with some of the other, uh, media outlet guys, like, this is going to be an interesting test. We we kind of carved out our niche in this industry on prospects, right? Yeah. Like back in the day, AJ, like that was that was what I'll, I'll jump to when it was you and me on the on the BSN show. Sure. There's been a couple different iterations, but like that was what drew people to us. As we said, hey, there's nothing exciting about this NHL team that sucks. Here's what there is to be excited about in this organization. And you know, like Rudo, I think about that time we brought you on in, in the new now old studio um where it was like, like oh we're gonna bring in... you guys moved in there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like we're gonna bring in this guy who who knows the prospects because people want to hear about the prospects and what are they doing and what's next for the abs what's the future and so like that's kind of how we were built but, like we now have had to have the the conversation of when you're covering a stanley cup champion is this still what people are interested in yeah and and today was just a, a fun reminder that hey look the reality is that no, you're not going to see a lot of prospects, you know, hitting the NHL club in the next few years, but there's still a ton of great stories and there are some really interesting uh, personalities in there. And, and, and it's guys who are um, trying to carve out a, a niche for themselves and, and, and create a career. And like you said, you, you kind of go into it a little bit like, Oh fuck, here we go. We're in this cold rink. It's, rookie camp it's this this could be kind of tough but you get there and you get in the room it's it's just a ton of fun to be back around everybody and uh, every single time that i start to get annoyed when i'm i sit down and i'm like god i'm cold again mm -hmm. i think would i rather be doing this or would i rather be in an office or would i rather be working in a hotel or would i rather be doing god knows what with my life and i'm like i'm not that cold this is fine it, it's I don't know, cold man. and then someone rips one bar down and you're like, ah, all right. Yeah, cool. It warms the cockles of your heart and you remember that hockey is great. <laughs> See, and this is one of the reasons why I'm so grateful to be part of this industry because I don't know, man, there's been some training camps back in the day where I'm like, ah, I took today off of work, but I am pretty cold. I might just go back to work. Like I'm freezing. And so it is nice to be able to get that little break in that room. They always keep nice and toasty. Anyway, enough about us. Uh, there were actual rookies on the ice today. I want to. I want to ask after after one day, one whole day uh, of rookie camp before they you know they go off and they play games this weekend. But how many guys do you think from this this group, specifically this group, play in the NHL this year? I asked this question on Twitter yesterday. <laughs> Can I count goalies? Yeah, yes. for counting goalies too. In a call up capacity. And two. In any capacity. 
Uh, how many do you think play in the NHL this year? Two. At most. I feel pretty comfortable with two. Like, if it was three, I I'd be a little surprised. Two. Yeah, I okay. only feel comfortable with two personally. Okay. I'm at two as well. And I assume it's Myers and Anandhan for everybody. <laughs> okay. I was just curious. Now, you know, had Martin Kaut been at this thing, my number would stay at two. Yeah. Would feel a little bit differently, but it might have pushed it at least. Yeah, you'd at uh, least have had a conversation. Yeah. Today today did not change my opinion much on anything else, but um all right, I guess I guess we'll start let's start the what were what were take before we get into like winners and and losers, you know, standout studs, things like that. What were some of the takeaways that you guys had? Did anything surprise anybody? I was a little bit surprised at how heavily I found the defensive focus today. Usually in on like a first day of drills, they're like, all right, just skate around, pass the puck a lot fire off go crazy but they ran a lot of drills where they were looking at like trying to set up defensive structures and and like the chase down drills at the end nate clerman killed a man he did (laughs) uh so i was a little bit surprised how aggressively they targeted defense for this but i guess they're trying to get some level of systems installed for this rookie thing um so i've got the audio if i can Send it to whoever we need to send it to if we wanted to play it. Um, but yeah, Brian Wilsey spoke with us uh, for a little bit more than 10 minutes, actually, um, and had plenty to say. And one of the first questions was exactly that. Like, cool, on a day like today, what are you guys even trying to do? Like, what are you trying to get out of these kids? What are you trying to, you know, see? What are you looking for? And, and he said that, that a lot of stuff about today is just, can we start teaching them the right habits and, and how many, how much of those habits are we already seeing just kind of like at baseline? Um, you know, are, are, are they, are they out here making passes like a pro are, are they, you know, are they, are they pursuing the puck into the corner like a pro they wearing contact like professionals. And that's just kind of where he's, what he was saying is like, that's what we're trying to get the gauge of on a day like today. So we're putting him through all kinds of stuff that yeah, may seem a little bit basic, but, we're just trying to see what they jump out. And I just want to make that a little tangent. Cause I thought that was interesting. I thought that was an interesting answer. Cause that always, that's a question that I guess I never realized that I had, but once he started answering it, I was like, I guess I really never have thought about that. I mean, that maybe 80% of the way through the day, like Cronin kind of took everyone and was like, Hey, if you're a forward, you need to be head checking the defenseman at the top of the zone when you're trying to exit. If you're not, you're going to get blown up. Yeah. So it, it was definitely a lot of that basic stuff. I think too, that was the different differential with what we understand to be true, that there's a drop off in talent, especially when they were working on special teams and you saw the difference between PP one and PP two. And there was a lot of Ooh. teaching moments, I think for the benefit of the younger invite type players, because they're using people like Myers Lawson to demonstrate what they're looking for. And I think it's for the benefit of some of these younger players, um, as well as an opportunity to showcase a player like Ben Myers, but he was the least surprising person from today 
for a reason. I think he's almost being used as a tool to help teach. Yep. Yeah. That, honestly, nailed it, Megan. That was another thing that, that Wilsey told us was um, what they're looking for out of Myers is that at, at, when they had him at dev camp, that he really was a leader on the ice for everyone um, getting to be around the NHL team last year. That's what they're looking for. And they said, it's the same thing uh, today. And this weekend is can Ben Myers, you know, kind of be a leader. Can he be the one that's sets the example uh, while also using it as a nice springboard into main camp next week. Um, so like you said, I, to me, when, when, yeah, you, you look down, you see them using him as the example of make sure we're doing this, make sure we're doing that then combined with kind of what we heard after it does all kind of add up that like, Hey, this is a kid that they see as having some pro polish. A lot of these guys who are here who aren't even technically avalanche prospects uh, yet, you know, yet um, this is what we're looking for. This is the type of little stuff. We're not expecting you to be an NHL player by the end of the day, by the end of the weekend, these are the habits we want you picking up on. And, and today I think, yeah, they kind of use it. We can kind of use it as a gauge of, Where's everyone's baseline? What are we, where are we starting everyone that we're trying to get them better? Um, and yeah, today I think we all kind of agree looked pretty much exactly how we expected it to from a personnel standpoint, you know, individual ability. I was surprised by the defenders um, with such a no-name defender group. Um, one, Danilo Zhiravalov. There is no fucking way he is six feet tall and 160 pounds. No <laughs> chance in hell those numbers are accurate. Yeah. Because he is built like a tiny little tank. <laughs> There's no way that guy's 160 pounds. He has to be more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, if it's not more like 190, I yeah. would be shocked. Yeah, he's because he is filled out. Like, there was no way. The six foot might be accurate. I He didn't look particularly tall. Yeah, I, right. honestly, I thought he was under six foot based on what I was six like. Foot and he looks taller. I was, because when I saw the 163 listed on the roster, I was like, uh, that seems unlikely just given that he's had the couple of pro years. Just naturally, physically, he has to have grown into it into his body at some point but seeing him out there i was like no <laughs> there 163 is no like maybe maybe if you chop off his legs like maybe <laughs> but there was no way and that so that was one thing that caught me off guard immediately was he is a lot thicker than expected um but also i thought that the defense was a lot more competitive uh, a lot, a lot more skilled than I was expecting. Uh, I, I skilled. It, it's tough to see because we didn't really see them do any puck moving at all. But I thought that they, I thought that the defense was a lot more competitive than I was. Just given that you look at these two groups, you look at the pedigree of the groups. Um, I thought that uh, I was expecting the defense to kind of get run through a little bit, and I thought they held their own. I thought that there were some good moments for some different guys. Uh, from some of the different defenders today. So I liked, there were there were some pleasant surprises on that end of things. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I, I think that at, at forward, the guys that I really liked, 
I was expecting to like, and the guys that I struggled with, I was not surprised. Fairly predictable, for sure. Yeah, I was. I was not super surprised. So, um, I'm honestly because I didn't sit. We we all, we were kind of like all sp- spread out today. Yeah. Um. So I'm actually excited that we aren't just going to rehash conversations that we had all morning. Um. We actually. I'm. I'm excited to see how you guys felt about the day. Well, I'm in the defenders to um. Because I've expressed how I feel about Wyatt Amit, and so to me, watching him today, that was to my expectation. I feel like I've been a little higher on him than you guys at points, so I didn't know if he played to expectation today, or if that was someone that you thought looked fine and comfortable. He was out there doing PK work with Jerubalov, uh, and Amit looks like they're going to be doing that, and that's the role he had with the Eagles, so just curious your guys' thoughts. So the the PK stuff I did think was interesting because he did at one point go over to Zoraviov and like start explaining what they wanted him to do. And so definitely a, a point in the book for him there seeming like, you know, he has some experience in the Eagles system and, and kind of knows what, what they're going to be looking for there. I, I was a bit curious about that conversation though, because I still don't know how much English Zoraviov knows. It's one of those moving targets where you never really know what the Russian player who just came across for, and it's his first year over here where you're like, are, are we having a full conversation <laughs> or is this you go here? <laughs> right. Like, is like, how basic is it? How in depth is it? I am, I am very curious, like how that was, but also I think that uh, to that, to that conversation was, uh, you saw captain, uh, a former captain, stepping into a leadership role, yep. and saying, "Hey, I think I can help this guy out. I think I can. Uh, I, I think I think that's a thing that they're looking for from some of these guys is how they handle those little moments. You know, mm-hmm. who who steps into, you know, hey, we're all competing for jobs here, but also we're we're trying to build a team. We're trying to build a culture." You you saw that with Myers, too, after Cronin gave a really long explanation of a drill. And by the way, if you ever really get the chance long. to see a Cronin whiteboard, the number <laughs> of scribbles on one of those things. They is, need is a different a... whiteboard size for him. <laughs> but at, after a long explanation, he Myers was on a line with Foodie and Olausen, and he had a really long conversation. Like, Foodie came over to him, and they both, like, discussed a bunch of different segments of the ice. And I, I thought it was... Not surprising, but pretty obvious where Myers kind of stands in that in this group of players. I'll put it that way. Well, I think it's especially notable because what they were working on is a thing that the Avs do a lot more than the Eagles do. Sure. Um, and so it was. It's it's not that they have huge systemic differences or anything, but as we've talked about on this podcast a lot over the years. The NHL is very structured. Uh, teams really play to their structure as well as they can. The AHL has structure, but Loosely. it gets a little yeah. it gets a little more chaotic and a little loosey goosey at times. And uh, I thought what they were working on today was a really good example of like classic Avalanche hockey and what what we've known to be classic Avalanche hockey under Jared Bednar, I should say, uh, and watching Myers explain this 
it goes to show you that the the hockey IQ, the work that he put in at the end of the year when he showed up, he was paying attention. He's going through practices. He's going through all the th- all the things that he went through during the cup run that he was part of. You know that he's around the team and all that. But uh, um, it was pretty obvious. Like this guy, this guy was invested in his his time at the end of the year last year uh, for him to be able to break it all down and be that leader and, and show the other guys, Hey, this is what's up. So I, we'll, we'll like, we'll see how the, the guy is, but so far Ben Myers as, as advertised. Yeah. I, there was no doubt. He was so far beyond everyone else when it came to polish today. And, that was and, the and... thing where it was like, if you didn't know anything about anybody going in, yeah. which was one of the nice things about not having the Jersey names is that it was like, Hey, if you don't look at a roster, just try and pick out numbers that see you think impress pops, you. Yeah. And to really, to really see who jumps off the ice to you. And it was like Ben Myers, Ben Myers, Ben Myers, Ben Myers. And I was like, okay, okay. Like we <laughs> get it, Ben. Like Jesus, dude, will you take it? Just, Take a drill off so these other guys can actually look good. <laughs> did Wilsey talk about Myers, Jesse? Yeah, uh, he did. I, I asked him, like, you know, what are you guys looking for? And again, he, he went into a little bit of, like, they were looking for him to be a leader and stuff. Uh, but I asked him, I said, you know some people that are kind of high on this kid. Do you guys have some high hopes? And he got this big grin on his face. Uh, and he was like, yeah, we, we think he's a pretty special kid. Like, uh, and, and he actually laughed because he called him a kid. He goes, well, I guess I shouldn't call him a kid. He's a young man, um, which I have that same problem. I call everyone kid. Uh, but no, I mean, he... Anybody he under the age of 28 is a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, he did. He, he, you know, he said, we, we are excited for him. Like, we've got some ex- expectations for him. And we want to see him be a leader and really use this as a good springboard to, to next week. So, like, without showing his hand too much when I asked him, like, is this someone you guys have some high hopes for? Like I said, between the look on his face and, and, and kind of how he followed the longer answer, he kind of followed it up with, um, without saying directly, yes, we have high hopes for him. It was, uh, we're expecting him to do a lot. Like we have expectations for him that we don't have for everyone else out here, uh, today. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, this all just kind of goes in line with everything that we talked about leading up. We said yesterday, I don't need to see Ben Myers go score four goals a game in this tournament. You need to see him come out and look more polished than everyone else. And I think after one day, you're like, yeah, this this kid is a cut above the rest of the peer group. Uh, for now, now I need to see him score four goals a game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. Now that we've seen it. If you want to be a cut above everyone else on the golf course, get yourself over to pins and aces the official golf apparel merchandiser of DNVR. They're also a local family-owned business here in Colorado, so supporting local, always good. They have a bunch of amazing stuff. Obviously, the the hats, the polos, the good stuff. They even got golf bags, but uh, their secret weapon, their secret weapon is their beer sleeve, all right? Put your beer sleeve right in your golf bag. You get them onto the course. None's the wiser. You're good to go. All your beers are stored. They're cold. You can store up to seven beers. So uh, it's it's the way to go on the golf course. You got to you gotta hit up pins and aces. You got to come correct to the golf course with your beer sleeve. You can go over to pinsandaces.com today and get up to 15% off when you use code DNVR on your first order. And you get free shipping. Again, pinsandaces.com. 
We're also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. You go over there and use the DNVR code. It has to be a new account, but use the code and you can get all sorts of ridiculous stuff. But the big one is $5, bet $5 in any football game, and you get $200 free. Done. You, you just get $200 in free bets for making the bet. You don't have to win. You don't even have to know anything about football. They just give you $200 in free bets because you put the bet down. So jump on it. It's the way to go. Easy, easy to have a fun time with $200 on DraftKings. You can bet on football too. They make it so the people who don't know anything about it can. Uh, I mean, you've been telling me for like five straight years I know nothing about the Broncos and they haven't gotten any better. I just thought it was so funny conversation you had the other day like it, people were coming like left and right at you and i was like well, i'm out of this my favorite po- well i'll let you finish the read then we will circle back to this uh so if you want to look better than jesse when it comes to the broncos apparently uh go over Thanks. to DraftKings, put your bets down get uh, on it again the 200 dollars free bets are paid out in eight twenty five dollar bets uh, must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, go ahead and explain to us whatever this is, Jesse. No, I, so, I just thought it was funny. I was just, I was just talking shit. I, I, know, I know, I know. I was just laughing that day because the tweet had very little to do with them being 0-1. And everyone was like, oh, they lose one game. I was like, yeah, I'm not really talking about this game. It's like a overarching like culture problem that they're a rebuilding team. This is what happens. You got to find new, new leadership. You got to find the right direction. Well, I don't know how you're mad about them losing that one game. I was like, again, I'm not mad. It doesn't bother me at all. I'm just saying, when I watch this team, I, I, I see an organization that, like the Avs for 10-plus years, didn't have a direction they were going. There wasn't really anybody in the room who was like, no, this, get on my back, follow me. I'm going to get us to the end. I was like, and I think the Broncos still have that. It's just one game, Jeff. I'm like, okay, I don't know why I'm still spinning in circles. I don't know. Did you watch the end of that game? The end of that game felt like six games worth. (laughs) Yeah, right, right, right. (laughs) Was it just one game? (laughs) And then I do laugh, and, and obviously I know AJ's just like, I'm not actually like talking shit to AJ, but at my last job betting against the Broncos season against coworkers, like paid my bills for the last five years. People keep telling me, Oh, Jesse, you don't know what you're talking about. They're so much better than you think. And they've just sucked now for six straight years. I'm like, all right, well at a certain point, I'm going to start thinking, I know a little bit what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, I told you a long time ago, uh, I told you a long time ago that in the NFL, if you don't have a quarterback, nothing else matters. And they haven't had a quarterback and now they have a quarterback and they found, the funniest fucking way to lose a game. And like, it was so funny to, like, I was pissed, I was bummed, I'm disappointed, but it was also, like, there's, like, like, let's be, the game was hilarious. Was. Like, if I'm if I'm a Seahawks fan, I'm like, my team is 1-0, and my team is dog shit, <laughs> because they got run over in that game, and had no business. Nope. It wasn't even like they were making plays to save the day. It was just the Broncos kicking themselves in the head over and over and over. And it was the whole, the, the game killed me. I thought it was so funny. It, it certainly made me feel exactly how I feel about this Broncos team. They're going to win 
somewhere between eight and ten games. They're going to be pretty good. They're in an elite division. Uh, and Russell Wilson is a much better quarterback than anybody they've had in a really long time. Uh, and you know, since, since Peyton, obviously. And it was just, the whole thing was just, it was so funny to me. So anyway, I, I, I stayed out of it, but I greatly enjoyed reading through those threads where I was just like, ah, Jesse. I, again, man. I mean, I, I'm I'm waiting for you to be right. I'm waiting for you guys to to show me how I know nothing about Bronco football. I'm waiting for them to be good so you guys can be right one of these years. I did I did really like that your loser credentials. Like I understand what a loser looks like because <laughs> I watched a lot of Avalanche hockey right. for a long time. But, like and, and again, like it, it, the, uh, the Broncos could still they could they could have a very good season. They could make the playoffs. My whole point with that was like, I don't think they will. I don't think they do either. Cause just, and it's just cause the division's so good. Yeah. But uh, so. Uh, my whole thing is, and again, like you see it in hockey. Like there are, there are just teams that are just losers. And that's the Broncos have developed that over the last five, six years. They were rebuilding. It happens. But now you have this entire core of young players for the Broncos who are supposed to be, you know, the, the next wave. They've only ever known losing, they've only ever gotten their heads kicked in. And the Avs had to go through that. And they talk about that trip to Sweden a few years ago where they were there in Sweden. They had just traded Duchesne and it was this whole like, okay, this is it. This is the group here. We are now going, we're now in control of what we're doing. We're going to get ourselves back to relevancy. And no one's done that for the Broncos in six years. And my whole point with the tweet that, like I said, people got all bent out of shape about yeah, was they did. there was so much hype this summer New ownership, new coach, Russell Wilson. You're so excited. You're like, fuck yeah, finally, this team has an identity. And they just, like, dude, that last minute. They come stumbling out of the gate in such a painful fashion where right, it was like, you're yeah, like okay. fuck. You're like, did they really not figure this part of it out? I'm sure they will. I just laughed. I still, I'll stand by what I said till they prove me otherwise. They're losers. And until they fix the mental side, they'll continue to be losers. All right. I will say when it comes to, uh, I'm going to bring this back, but like yeah, yeah, when, it, when, it, when it comes to like finding an identity, uh, it was a thing that actually stood out to me today yeah, because 100%. watching, watching the coaches, the one thing, uh, the one thing that I really thought was, was fascinating was watching the coaches pace. Yep. You're not, you're not here. You're not practicing right now. You're playing. Uh, this is the pace that we need you guys. Uh, we, this is the pace that we need you guys to play at. We need you to to practice at. This is the pace that we need you to live at. Yep. If you're going to be a member of the Avalanche 100%. and watching the coaches constantly, because they're getting they're up and down the ice, they're like faster. Come on, come on, come yep. on, come on. And what's the one thing that opposing teams continue to talk about the Avalanche? Can't uh, all all off season. Leon Dreisaitl's quote where he was like, they just don't stop, dude. <laughs> they don't stop. They just, every line, it's on top of you all game long. It's this pace. And that starts on day one of the preseason. Yep. Yep. It's why, like, I've given them I've given them a hard time about some of their conditioning work that they do during training camp. Where uh, the first year that they did like, that, that Bedner came in and did this different pulled hamstrings that year. You had you had hamstrings and groin pulls. You had all kinds of soft tissue injuries. And guess what? You don't have as the years went on. Those stopped because guys understood 
you're coming in at the beginning of training camp prepared. Yep. This is not 1995, 1985. You're not using training camp to get in shape for the season. You're showing up in camp in fantastic shape. Yep. Ready to go, ready to contribute, ready to be part of this culture from day one. And that doesn't start in NHL training camp. It started today. It starts yeah. in rookie camp. It started yesterday. Uh, it, it started ice, yesterday yeah. off ice with the training, with the with the physical testing yep. that the rookies had to go through. That the vets are dreading going through next week. Like well, that's that is a that is culture. That is yep. accountability. That is how you set up your organization and say, "This is who we want to be. This is what we want to be." And seeing it again today, it's. Look, I, again, like I, I've covered a lot of bad avalanche hockey up close <laughs> over the years and still seeing them this in this version, this form of them, this grown up, like elite version where uh, they they had their expectations and the accountability are so high. It's a really hard place to get to. It's an even harder place to stay. 100 percent. So I, I, that was one of the things I asked uh, uh, Brian Wilsey was I said, you know, does winning the Stanley Cup does that make it easier to relay this message to these kids who are coming in saying, Hey, look, this is the culture we're trying to build. This is the standard we have not trying to build. This is the culture we have built. This is the standard we have set. And my question to him was, does, does winning the cup make it any easier to say, and that's why like you can see the payoff into why we do this, why we work yeah. the way we do. And his answer, AJ actually, it goes exactly in line with what we were talking, what you were just saying he goes, he, he was like, you know, obviously winning makes everything better. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing <laughs> here. I don't know exactly what he said, but he was like, yeah, well, obviously winning always helps. It cool. always helps well, make everything better. But he goes, our mindset, we talked about this. It's the same as it was the last seven years when we were trying to build towards this. We got here by putting in the work to build towards it. Why would we change that now that, you know, we've gotten and we've accomplished it? Yeah. And and it is just so funny because because again like you go back to some of these Avs teams, you know what what was the uh, the was it uh, Francois Beauchemin and J.S. Jaguar who were furious at the end of that one year because everyone just wanted to get out of town for their Vegas trip. Evan remembers the Nuggets from a couple of years ago. Uh, you know what was it? Uh, it like three three more weeks on three, like one or yeah. two more weeks on three, one two, three, two more weeks. Yeah, the, yeah uh, to the end of the season. Like that is the stuff that, like you just said, AJ, organizations, it is so hard to grow beyond, you know, a mentality like that and to breed a culture like that. And that's why, you know, you kind of marvel at the teams like Tampa and Pittsburgh who have, who have built this culture that has been able to sustain now for several years, different iterations of the team the core stays intact and they uphold uh, that, that, that culture and that standard. And you see why teams do it. Once they get to the summit, you realize those, the teams that know who they are and know where they're going and what their standards are. Those are the only teams that win in any sport yeah, so. because it's so hard to accomplish that, that if you aren't dialed in as a hockey team to who you are, what you're about day one, when you walk in, um, again, I'm not going back to the Bronco thing, but it was part of the reason why I was laughing when people were like, oh, well, it was just one game. It's like, yeah, this isn't about the game. This is something the abs found a way to establish at day one of rookie camp with the coaches racing up and down the ice. 
Yeah. And that's a standard. We talked about it during the trade deadline. Like this team has to target people that are going to come in and fit in the locker room. It's part Get of the ground why, running. Right. Not Andrew need Cogliano, adjustment period. A hundred percent. Andrew Cogliano fits so well because the day he walked in, he saw what the organization was about. And, and he said, yeah, I'm about this too. Let's do it. And he ends up playing a huge, you know, on slash off ice role in, in getting them there. And, and that was the whole point of what I was talking about. And, and you can apply it to anybody, whether it's the Broncos, uh, any of the teams in town, you have to find a way to, to build that standard, to build that culture. It's what Peyton Manning had here six years ago. It's, it's what the abs have here right now. It's what the nuggets are working towards. Um, and, and that's a great call out, AJ. You just, you saw it on display today, the first day of rookie camp with half the invites being on tryout on tryout deals. And, and the abs found a way to say, Hey, if you're in this building, this is what we're about. And if you want to continue being in this building, this is what you have to be about. Yeah. And, and it's just amazing. You, you do get that grasp for this is a Stanley cup contender. This isn't the fun upstart abs from a few years ago that we were hoping would yeah. get here. These aren't the, the Hey, maybe we'll be the seventh seed and we'll win a round or two. Right. This is we raise banners here. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about winners. Let's get into the winners of today. And look, huge grain of salt. It's one day of training camp for rookies. You're not really taking anything out of a day like this. But it's day one of preseason, so we're going to way over amplify and focus in on everything and decide who was the best and who wasn't today. So uh, before we get into that, I just want to add to a little bit of what you just said. It's like, you're right, it's one day. But that was another thing, Wilsey, I just thought was an interesting point that, again, you don't really think of because you kind of like mentally write off some of these, uh, you know, lower end prospects, tryout guys. But like you're right, Rudo, it was only one day, but he did make the point that there are a couple of these kids who mainly who may only get one more day. Like they may only get one game this weekend. So it's hard to take stuff away. But if there's any time in the NHL season where, yeah, you have to do it day by day, it's at a rookie camp like this, where there are some of these kids who have to fight for it every day or it's gone. I I want to go to Megan first here because she brought her notebook. Mm-hmm. And at the start of the day, she had sure. her she was writing the numbers down. She's making sure she had everyone's name. And I look away for two minutes and she has an entire journal entry <laughs> in there about, so I don't know who she was writing about. So I'm curious to find out. Captain's it log. Was, what? I said captain's log. It was a very, very note-taking approach. Um, and I don't even have it in front of me, which kind of stinks. So I like actually read off of it, but you're right. General lineup information special teams who's on and then I would notice little things good or bad and I would try to write it down so that if I am doing a notebook or even just later in the games I can keep track if I'm noticing patterns but some of the positives um were Bocage and it was his accuracy um I didn't particularly pay attention to his skating, so I'd be curious if you guys, if that opinion of his skating has improved or if it's remained the same. But I did think that his vision and his accuracy, I think you described it as finish in your video, Rudo, is also something that I was seeing in Bocage uh, and of that forward group outside of that top line. Bocage was one of the players that I thought looked really good out there, but he also definitely should. Yeah, I... His skating was fine. It wasn't a problem today. It, you know, I wouldn't say it stood out either, but I had no complaints about it today. 
again, the skating is a thing I think we'll see where it is really in a game. But I, the part that I really liked about Bocage today wasn't just the finishing, but at the end there on the power play, they gave him the time with the top power play. And it, it looks like they're probably going to run at this tournament. Um, and he wasn't just firing pucks. He was using his teammates. He was seeing the ice well and being part of the entire unit instead of just a guy sitting there waiting to bomb pucks. Is that a good thing? Or would you rather just him be like, look, I'm a turret. This is what I do. You give me a puck, I'm shooting it. I think it's a good thing, ultimately. And, you know, on the power play specifically, sure, I think you can get away with that. But it shows some engagement from him of at least understanding how to play off of his teammates and hopefully leads to him finding opportunities and how to get himself open better this season. Uh, for the record, I did like his skating. It was a thing that I noticed immediately. We sat down and I was like, okay, this looks a little better. Uh, not as upright, uh, a little a little more natural onto his edges um, because he's always been really lanky. Like he's like 6'3". Uh, and, and like, you wouldn't, uh, it, he just doesn't wear it very well. It's always looked like it's caused him more issues. Like he understood how to be six feet tall and then he just kept growing. And it was so the extra, the extra three inches just made life awkward for him. Uh, and it's like, I, I think he's, I think he's getting accustomed. Uh, I would be curious to know if he was a late bloomer, like if he just sprouted up in height really quickly because that ha- it's it's a very natural thing, uh, especially in basketball players, for guys that uh, they have that growth spurt and they develop skills at a certain size, and then they get a they get a little bit bigger and they they kind of just end up a little awkward for a year or two while they figure it all out. This was as natural as he's ever looked on his skates for me. Um, I didn't I, in the past. I've I've watched him skate and I'm like, this is bad. And today was the first time that I ever thought this is totally fine. I have no issues with this at all. And obviously the couple of times he got to shoot the puck, it was like, because it always is. Uh, but no, I, that that's as good as I think Alex Bokash has looked uh, in any of the live viewings that I've seen him since he got drafted. Okay. Justice for Bokash. I did one of my notes was on Jerivalov too from Dev Camp till now. I think he looks better than I thought he did in Dev Camp. And I think some of that was just an adjustment period in general. And I think he's more adjusted even now. Um, because one of the areas of concern in Dev Camp was his skating. And I wouldn't say that I got a great taste for it today, but it definitely looked like he had been working on more details of his skating and it was less of a concern. It it was an interesting day for him. I, I agree with you. I think along the blue line and everything, he looked fine, but he also looked like the altitude was crushing him. There were a couple guys on one knee after two or three tough drills where you were like, this is going to be an adjustment, fellas. Yep. <laughs> uh, I like little Z for the record. I thought he needs, I want to see him move some pucks in yeah. game settings, but Every other thing that I liked um, beyond conditioning, I I liked. You say that, and look, I get it. It's a situation where the D-to-D pass is, it's not real. It's just an easy pass to the guy. But he was firing crisp passes with the opportunities that he had today. Um, Again, not a real situation, but it it looked professional. I'll put it that way. He, uh, He 
did look like he's a guy that's played pro hockey for a few years. Um, just some of some of the little things um, you can always tell with some of these guys where you're like, yeah, okay, I can see this. I can't pronounce his name. The last overall pick this last year, the goalie. Shigalov. Shigalov, thank you. Uh, I'm really anxious to see him this weekend because he looked rough today. <laughs> He's yeah. really big. And the reason I'm anxious to see him uh, this weekend is because it reminded me of, uh, and why is his name escaping me, that goalie we fucking loved, AJ. Um, oh, uh, Kavacha. Yes, yes, Peter Kavacha. Yeah. Uh, so I remember when that kid came over, his first day was like, we were literally looking at each other like, did they draft the right guy? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, are we one. sure this dude has played like high level hockey? Because he really did. He looked like he, he looked, and this isn't meant to be mean. He had to, I think he got off an international flight and went straight to family sports. Like he looked like a mid to low level beer league goalie out there against those guys. And we were like, holy smokes. Yeah. And then that whole rest of the weekend, he really settled in and he got more comfortable every day and he got more well rested. Uh, so it's the same thing with Jigalov. We've just been saying little Z and this has been in the back of my mind the whole time. Um, he's one to me that I thought really struggled today, but I know there are scouts out there that are very high on him. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he was here, like gives you some hope that, He'd have interest in the future, but uh, yeah, you want to see him. Yo, shout out the gear though. The black glove is. Dude, I loved so the sick. black glove. It's so sick. I yeah. loved the black glove. Uh, I will. I will say about him. Um, look, I'm not a goalie expert, but he he had great size, and I liked his athleticism a lot. I thought he moved really naturally. Yeah. I don't know that he's ever had a goaltender coach in his entire life yep. teach him the position. Yep. It looked like he was out there making shit up. Yep. Uh, and so I think it's going to be fascinating. Raw tools are all there. But I think that if uh, he gets into some coaching, they teach him what the fuck he's supposed to be doing in that goal. Yeah. There could be something there because uh, the size and the athleticism, I thought, both stood out to me. But he has no clue what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, to say that to say that he's raw uh, is it, very very on the nose. It's not like you call a guy raw and you're like, oh, but he's, you know, like this is like straight up like just like just shot the deer and haven't even touched it like raw. Like you got a long way to go until you can eat that thing for dinner, right? Like. He is raw. Well, and that's raw, what makes me excited about him. It's like, cool, you're here. You've gotten to this point by just being good. Like by just being you Make know, it good enough and as athletic. You go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> and so now, cool. Well, can we stack some coaching onto that? Some professional level goaltending coaching? Because yeah. Well, worth noting, you said, maybe you got someone there. The last two people off the ice today, Cam Wright. Ivan Jigalov. Yeah. So they clearly gave him stuff to work on and he's working on it. Yeah. So no, I, he, he's someone I'm, I'm going to be really interested to watch because I'm so glad you brought that up. AJ. There were two uh, rushes in particular, and I'll bet you anything. You can even you know which ones I'm talking about. Uh, coming down the right wall, low, far side, twice in a row, 
went through his standing five hole. And yeah. he like tried to make the save like 1960 style, like stand and like reactionary. Yeah. It's like, dude, get big, drop, drop to the butterfly. Like eat that puck up. Like that, that should have hit you right in the belly button. And it beat you at like mid thigh. Yeah. Uh, surfer hair. What? Uh, I can't remember his name. <laughs> Goalie? No. Uh, Drew Inglot. Surfer hair. Uh, he uh, he was the one that did it to him twice. Man oh, just yeah. says surfer hair and expects yeah. us to know what he's talking. No, about. no, I was working through it in my brain. I was yeah. I was going through the process. Uh, I was pulling up the roster on my phone. Um, so so no, I didn't even realize it was the same kid that did it twice. Yeah, Drew, Drew Inglot did it to him twice, and he laughed the second time because I laughed the second time, <laughs> where I was like, that is not that is not a goal in any competitive hockey game ever. Right, right. Uh, unless Mike Smith is a net, because we saw some of that in the conference finals. <laughs> because uh, but it was, it was seriously like... He's a really interesting guy. He's going to give up nine goals in whatever game he plays in, but he's probably going to make some spectacular saves along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am very much looking forward to the Ivan Zhigalov experience. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, And seeing where, like, he has so far to go that if we do see him in the NHL someday, it'll be like, you guys remember that day at rookie camp where he's getting lit up left and right by shit that's not supposed to score ever? Maybe he just and that's what this is about. Like the that's, drunken that's, master. All right. This is the fun part of it, man. This is why this this is why this is rookie camp. Maybe he just needs a Breck brew or two once he's of legal age to do so. <laughs> Which he is in Canada, so you know. But go get yourself a Breck brew too. You can find them at your local liquor store. Use the Breck beer locator online today to find it. You can also check out breckbrew.com. They have a bunch of cool merch up there. They have their hoot nanny, which is coming up. Also heard about they uh, we might be they might be doing some some pretty neat pretty soon down at the farmhouse maybe nothing's for sure but keep your eyes out there for Breck Brew stuff. Also brought to you by Green Mountain Dental Group, the best family dentist in the Denver metro area. Uh, you got to get over to them when you get a cleaning X-ray and exam. They give you a free Sonicare toothbrush just for taking care of your teeth. So they're super great on that. They're great at what they do. They'll get you reminders and notifications and all of that stuff so you don't miss your appointments. They're dope. Go check them out. Get your teeth cleaned. Make sure you're not looking like a hockey player in the mouth area, at very least. Do you want to know my only complaint about Green Mountain? What's that? They are so good at what you were just talking about, the reminders and all that stuff, that like I don't have the excuse to not schedule my dentist appointments anymore. <laughs> I used to think, oh, hey, no. it's been six months, Jesse. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oopsie poopsie. I forgot. Oh, well, I'll try again in six months. Green Mountain's like, nah, bro. We know when you were here last. Like, <laughs> Those teeth need to be clean. And like obviously I'm being facetious and saying it's my least favorite thing. Cause like you said, they they really are. Like they're great, they're on top of it, and they help even me reschedule my dentist appointments, even when I don't want to. There you go. <laughs> so your teeth aren't terrible like mine are. Uh final period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We can keep it keep it rolling here. Uh Nathan yeah. McKinnon update. Do you yeah, guys see the uh uh, Frank Saravelli interview from the national meet or the uh, players tour today. Yep. Yep. So uh, yeah, Nathan McKinnon did do a one-on-one sit down with, uh, I don't even know who Frank Saravelli is with anymore at this point. I think daily, daily face off. 
Daily Face Off. Okay. Um, did a one-on-one -on -one sit down with him and, and basically said, yeah, that that uh, his camp and the Abs have been uh, working through. Uh, they've been talking all summer. He said they're close and that his goal is to get it done before camp opens. Uh, and that if it doesn't, he'll probably wait till after the season is done. But he did say, quote, there's, I don't want to be anywhere else. I want to be an AV for life. Uh, did he like just sign it or something, AJ? No. Okay. <laughs> you were looking at that and I was like, well, is this perfect timing? Um, but yeah, so you, you hope that he, uh, they get it done here in the next week, but it was nice to kind of hear an update on that because the abs are so tight lipped on, on things of that nature that trying to get updates on it is impossible. So, uh, Nate himself kind of yeah. gave a little bit of an update. And the update just, they'll give you is we're working on it. Yeah. Right. right. It, well, no, the update is a good one too, right? If, at this point, if Nate came on there, I was like, no, we're pretty far away. That's when you yeah. start going like, oh, uh, okay. we really haven't talked. Things yeah, really yeah. haven't gotten serious. No real offers have been presented. You're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you're like, fuck me. But yeah, so no, it sounds like here. conversations are going well. Uh, they're going to try to grind away to get something done. Uh, but to me, the, the part that you hope just kind of whew, reset everything is the, I, I don't want to be anywhere other than Denver. I want to be an ab for my, you know, for, for life. Um and he did say uh, it won't be a single digit millions. So uh, we knew that already. Yeah. Um, but 10.0 it is. But yeah, so, so no good kind of a nice little update. And again, just good to hear something on it. Cause uh, as we know, going back to last summer with the Landy uh, stuff, this is just a really hard organization to, get information out of on stuff like that. So just wanted to make sure we dropped that before, uh, before we ended the show today. Yep. Yeah. Got into nice, that. Uh, nice to know. Sure. Hope that gets done before the start of the season. Cause he did say once the year starts, he'll probably will stop talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, which, which I also, I get, cause yeah, he's like, you know, I just, that's not part of the season. Like we're, and this goes back to the culture thing. Like, you know, he's like, I don't want to be dealing with the distraction during the season. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the standard star player move. Yep. Players players who are not star players are like, no, I'll talk contract during the season. <laughs> star players are like, y'all still going to want this at the end of the year. <laughs> Don't play. Mm. Especially after he wins the heart this year. So him and McCarr, both finalists? What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we joke, but it's like Dreisaitl and McDavid's whole shtick. <laughs> and then Edmonton media crying about how they steal votes from each other, even oh, though they've God. won several of these things. Yeah, yeah. Our guys just can't do it. It's like they won four of five between the two of them. Like, holy right. shit. <laughs> how many more? Do you need them to win it every year for you to feel justified? Like, why are they so disrespected? Connor McDavid only won three straight hearts. Can you believe how everyone's biased against him? It's like, what well, a joke. So yeah, yeah. Getting into some of the the lesser known kids there, just you know, firing off a couple of quick thoughts. Early in the day, Cam Wright had a couple of great snipes. I think he went a little bit quiet Has later Cam Wright on. Really done anything on him? Yeah, I don't know. It was just some kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was also one of the guys on the ice at the end of the day, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, Klassen had a couple of of really nice plays. Smoked a couple of D men at times. Had a good shot. And then Ben Tardiff had the play of the day, probably, where he walks a D-man, goes between his legs, and beats, I think it was probably Zagalov. But uh, always fun when a rookie set full sense. 
I really like Tardif. I liked him in Dev Camp too. He's pretty compact, but he moves really well, and he can move through guys even though compact. he's so small. That's a great way to describe. That's like him. that's like when you go on Airbnb, you're trying to find a place to stay, and the it's a studio apartment. You know what they call that shit? Cozy. Cozy. <laughs> He's a cozy. Instead of instead of calling him a small star, you called him compact. I was gonna say like now, but now that you say that though, like Sam Gerard is compact. Like he's small, but that dude's built like a brick shit house. Like, yeah, when they when they when you go when you go to Walmart and it says the only compact cars can park here, it's just Sam Gerard the loud here. What was the? They, they weigh the same. They're just you don't see him coming as much. Yeah. The meme a couple years ago for Sam was it 17 pounds of muscle. Is that what it was? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Dude, I mean, he is like he. Uh, that dude will, he works know, out constantly. Bro, so he's jacked. Anyway, um, oh, yeah, compact. That was just a really funny, and my brain started. Some, Who else is compact? In the some really, really slick. Speaking of compact, some really slick uh, plays with the puck today from McLennan. Uh, I really, there were some things that I really liked. I, for a guy his size, he's not a good enough skater, but I really like what he does with the puck. It's, I don't think it's very, uh, I don't think it's, I, I don't, I don't think it's very hard to see where the interest in him as a player is. It's projecting into pro hockey that I think is the real challenge there. What are they going to, what, what would, what, what will he be? Where will he fit? Uh, he might, you know, we talked about him yesterday with Ty Lewis, but he might end up kind of in that that same kind of. He's a really skilled guy that's gonna dominate the ECHL if he wants to, but uh, if he looking for an AHL gig, he might really struggle. Um, I'm still upset Jolie. about Ty Lewis today. I'm still yeah. upset about that. Not sure. Yes, Jolie, another good, another good example. Um, I I do. Um, I'm probably going to be alone on this, but I really like Sampo Ranta's day. Uh, from a skill perspective, I don't think it stood out. But from a perspective of a guy that's constantly looking to impose his will, constantly looking to overwhelm guys with his size and his speed, he was attacking with his body, which is a thing that you don't see him do in the past. He did do a good job uh, that. Yeah. I, that's a thing that – that is a guy that I think is understanding this is how I'm making it. Uh, all the cute shit that I've done to get here, all the 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 goal scoring, all the that's all stuff that I'm still capable of. But if I'm going to make the NHL team, if I'm going to be on that radar, I need to learn how to do bottom six guy stuff. That includes hard defending, physical defending, forechecking with his body, forechecking with the speed, attacking a little bit. And today, I think that there was there weren't enough game situations for me yeah. to confidently say he did any of that. Um, like like comfortably, but I think the the attitude that he showed, where in a drill he was like, "I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna take this puck and I'm gonna go right at you," and he was trying to get into it physically with with, with guys. I think it shows an understanding from him of where he needs to be successful if he is going to be on the NHL radar. Because if he was gonna continue doing all the things that he's done in his career previously, I don't think he was good enough at it to stand out and to, to justify a bottom six job, but changing that mindset and, and going at it the way that he did today, I think is a really good first step. I feel like. Did you I just like die, like... Jesse? Sorry. No, I was... 
the comment from Mind of Maddie just it just it just really made me laugh. Not that I actually think it looks like that. That was just a really funny. It's comparison. Lisa Frank. I think they're talking about the artist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love <laughs> love that girl. It's <laughs> Sorry. The horse girl in your class part just just killed me. I apologize for making a scene. <laughs> AJ credits Sam Boranta for doing well today. I think he began to do last year when he was healthy and playing, and it's engaging in those battles and doing those blue-collar kinds of things. And the areas of weakness for him and his skating also stood out. as That's always, always stood out with him, but he's always. just so fast. But anyways, the, the weak, weaker sides of his games relate to the offensive upside. And it's like he's a strong puck carrier. He's hard to get off the puck, but it's the decisions he makes after the puck is on his stick that don't carry a high threat. And that's where I'd like to see him get better. But there are so many other areas, like AJ was just mentioning, that are so good and strong in his game that you can't really teach guys either. They just have to decide to put that effort in and play with that pace or not. And so... I was unimpressed from that skill side of things, especially with wow. scoring high threat potential with Sampo, but the speed skating and engaging in contact all still look really good. This, So maybe I'm just been there, done that with his speed before. Not that it wasn't good, but he comes flying down the right wing and I'm like, all right, I've seen this six times already. <laughs> like moving on. Yeah. The one thing I really did like out of him is his, his tipping game today. He was putting himself in front of the net on those drills, and he was fairly consistent at getting something on the puck. Um, it, Look, which, dude, Sampo got a big butt. Yeah, and, and he's got to put it in the goalie's face more often. Exactly, and make himself a presence. It, like it, the more ways he can find to be an option that's effective, the closer he gets. And then any drill where he had to play defense, I was like, oh right, okay, he's still totally lost. So uh, this is another player that, that Willsey talked a bit about. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to say this in that he didn't say this directly that, that they were showing Sampo film of these two, but that really was kind of what he implied. Was he basically said, look, what we're trying to get out of Sampo, what we're trying to drill home to him is you need to look at what Gabe Landeskog does and do a little bit of a lesser extent of what a guy like Miko Rantanen does. And he made the comparison of like, those are two guys with offensive skill and big bodies. And look how they use their tools. Look how they put themselves in position, uh, you know, to, to engage physicality when they have the puck, how they use their body to protect the puck, going to the front of the net. And he was basically saying that is who we are trying to get him to emulate, to be like, to play like, because that's what you have to do when you have those tools. And, and so it's funny, AJ, I hadn't talked to you guys about that, but to hear you say, I liked the way he engaged physically, and then for Ruder to say, and I liked the way he went to the front of the net, like, yeah, Megan, you're, you're right. Maybe the things that normally pop for him didn't quite pop to the same uh, level today, but it's funny to hear from from two people who, who didn't hear uh, you know, that comment to say, yeah, I actually thought these were two things he did well, because it's like, all right, well, maybe he's, He's taking the coaching. Like he's taking what they're telling him and he's running with it. And for a kid like Sample, that's that's all you can ask for him to do right now. What are they giving you? Take it, run with it, use it to get better. And I mean, that's the Alex Newhook playbook right now, right? Take the coaching, get better with it. We talked to Sampo after and he mentioned his training included watching film. So I think it's pretty safe to say 
it probably incorporated a blend of these two things and maybe it is a specific is watching those players film specifically i mean have you seen that guy's insta in the weight room he's good on the muscles he doesn't need more of those <laughs> You're right, he, he, yeah i was oh, really? big like a physical regimen, but he talked about the film a lot. Yeah, so. no, his uh, I, I haven't even watched it, but like last year's camp coming into it, he posted some stuff in the weight room, and the dude is like ripping like 220 pound clean and jerk reps, like it's nothing. Okay, you're like, okay, we get it. You have muscles in your shit. Like, yeah, cool, good for you. <laughs> but like honestly, that that what is good to hear. Or it was good to hear him say that because I I caught that immediately as well, Megan. Like, yeah, I spent this summer watching film. Like, I think AJ, you're the one who just said like that. That's a sign of a kid who who is starting to get it. I can't just show up and be the best player here. I'm not the best player out here. I can't just grab the puck, blow by three guys, and and you know blow it past the goaltender. No, you have to do the right things. You have to be fixing those other parts of your game to even get a a chance to stick. Um, so I, that's, it's encouraging that, that again, that was what we saw from him on the ice. Um, it seemed like that was kind of what his focus was. And then that's what the coaches are looking for. Again, with these prospects like that, that's what you're looking for. Are you, are they laying out a path and are you following or going down? It sounds like the abs have laid out a path and he's taking it upon himself to make sure he gets down it the best way he can. Sample may not be able to grab a puck and, dance a guy or two and then rip it past the goalie, but Oscar Olish ensures how can. Yeah. Some of us, so, I mean, we haven't talked, we're, we're an hour and six minutes into it and haven't mentioned Oscar Olson at all, but that dude, you know, we, we talk about it and like, we've always kind of been a little iffy on the pick and his prospects to make it in the NHL, blah, 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 blah. But when he gets a hold of a puck, holy smokes. That thing, I mean, he is. He had one that he ripped for a goal, and they had one that he put about an inch over the crossbar, yeah. where it was just like this kid can shoot, man. This is, this is a, this is a lot of fun to watch this kid Whoa. when he has, you know, when you're putting him in these spots to be successful. So, I thought it was interesting because when they were running the power play stuff with Olson, when they were on the far side, he they were kind of distributing through him. Like he was kind of in the Miko spot where everything yeah. runs through him and distributes out. And then yeah. they came down to the side I was sitting on and like, he was in the spot right in front of me on that wing. And he said, F it. And just started walking in an absolutely yeah. ripped box, dude. <laughs> he finally he was like, all right. In the circle. I... That was the loudest I'd heard everyone cheer <laughs> during yep. the camp for a goal. Yeah. Well, the Bocage he, sent that beautiful pass through too. Like he, uh, he got his uh, Hoosiers required number of passes in, yeah. and was like, "I'm allowed to shoot again." <laughs> and yeah, shot daddy showed up because that thing when he when he gets a hold of one, man. You call it shot daddy? Yeah, <laughs> it really is. It it really does go. So <laughs> I uh, that was. It was and it, like also we talked we've talked about his size and his skating before, but he danced somebody to I don't know I don't know who it was, but they were doing one on one coming down the wing and you you know the defenders that's the drill that Nate Corman killed a man, uh, and it was either it, it was either Myers or Olison that got killed I don't know, but on the other side, uh, Olison just walked past this guy, just doop 
one quick, one quick head fake, just blew right by him, and then deposited the puck on the far side of the net. It was perfect, and it was like, you're look, you you see that kind of play, and you're like, that's the ability, that's the thing that Oscar Olsson does, that that that's the skill set that he has at that camp among that group of players that nobody else does. Not even a Sampo, not a Ben Myers. That's the that's the combination that makes him special in that group. I, I don't remember which of the three of you said it last week, but when we were talking about, you know, temper your expectations for, for him this year, again, I don't remember which of you said it, but he really does. Like, if you have to start at a baseline somewhere where you're elite at one thing and you have to catch up, <laughs> he, he picked the absolute best category to be starting at starting out as elite because you cannot teach shooting like that you can teach mechanics and all that sure but there's just you're born with that kind of like natural release and he like he has an nhl shot he's an nhl level shooter obviously he's the the shot daddy sorry yeah um but like that's that's what's gonna get him no, that's, that's what's going to keep him close enough to the NHL roster to to eventually make it is that he does have that ability to as he's shown now it really doesn't matter what league he's in if you give him some space he's got a shot that can beat most goaltenders and so yeah he'll get it he'll get a chance as long as as long as that part of his game stays where it's at and he can bring everything else up with it he's got a chance man What's encouraging for me with him is I do think there's enough skills around it. I do think he <laughs> understands how to play off the puck well enough. I do mm-hmm. think his skating is is honestly very good for someone his size. It is quite good. Um, and, and if you can just get him to play like he's 6'3". <laughs> yeah, like... You're talking about all oh, if he could pick skills, especially in an avalanche organization. Shooting, speed, yeah, uh, size. Like it's that's that's a great combination of stuff. And then now you just you just gotta add the smarts. You gotta add in the ability to play the rest of the game. Uh and look, it's a it's a, it's hard to do. We've seen a lot of really talented hockey players not be able to to hack it in the NHL despite having some elite skills. I mean, the, think about a guy like Emil Yakupov, yeah. you know, who could do so many things at a high level, but just couldn't consistently figure out how to play the game in the at the NHL level. And, you know, with Olsen, it's, it's, that's the challenge for him. But in a setting like what we had today, boy, you could, you could sure see those, uh, you could sure see those, those things popped off. Uh, and and as as his primary selling points, we are just like, yeah, okay, and sure, guy. As, as we kind of start wrapping things up for today, that what Megan and I called it the top line of today was Olison Myers, and then Foodie, yeah, was the third guy there. <laughs> He's Foodie is Foodie is a maniac of a hockey player. It, He's so silly. It's too cute, but it's like this is what I I love about it. He's got great hands. He just gets carried away sometimes. The way, the way Ben Myers popped today, the foodie drew my eye a ton because every time I was like, "Oh, who's that dude who's literally floating across the ice?" Oh, it's foodie. Of course it is. Yeah. 
He's a, he's such an interesting. I have I have no idea how to feel about John Lucuti anymore. <laughs> he's just ride. he's just fun to watch. Like he's just fun to watch. Just enjoy the ride. I do think it sets up for an interesting situation there, though. With that line, you have Myers as the vet guy who everyone knows is going to do all the stuff. And then you have Olausen as the the trigger guy, and Foodie as the setup man, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, could be fun. Put it that way. Yeah, and then I think they had uh, who was Sampo with? Uh, Bocage. Yeah. And Pfizer, right? Yeah, Pfizer was. Yeah. That's a super interesting. Hold I'm on cool to your butts in the defense. They have familiarity with each other, and I could tell like they had a little bit more chemistry from the jump, but the top line is still the top line. It, it, we mentioned it already, but that the first power play unit was vibing. The second yeah. power play unit was like, okay. It makes me <laughs> sad because there's like Ranta and Cameron Wright, and then. Others. <laughs> yep. Others. Yeah. Also, um, those orange jerseys. Yeah, what were those? <laughs> those were a great lesson for everyone. That is orange. If I see someone tweet in an orange no contact jersey when it's so clearly red again this <laughs> season, I'm going to lose it. It's going to be me. <laughs> Well, I was just about to say, I'll whoever it is, I'll find out where they are and I'll go I'll go to them, even if they're in Pittsburgh, and I'll beat them up. Doors open, bitch. See you in say, 30. I was gonna say fucking A. <laughs> Those ones were orange though. Today was a great lesson in the difference between orange and red. I don't care what color they are, just put the names back on them, please. Oh, please. <laughs> that that too. Please. That too. <laughs> Okay, uh, any other final thoughts from uh, preseason day one? Can't wait for games. Yep. Can't can't wait for games. Very ready for games. Games, games, games. Please, games. I, okay. I, I mean, I think that just about sums it up. So we're going to get out of here for the day. We appreciate all y'all hanging out with us. There is a game tomorrow. I think we'll be going live post game question mark. Or are we just doing a normal show? What time is the game tomorrow? Three. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I was we'll about see. to start having this conversation keep, right here. I keep your eyes peeled. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> One way or another, there is show. ads hockey to watch tomorrow. So that's a win. Games, uh, games, we, games. <laughs> we, we appreciate all of y'all. We hope you have a great rest of your Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow one way or another, and we will talk to you then. 